The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Jesus ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then the devil took Jesus up and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all of this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. But Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil led Jesus to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from Jesus for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, the first Sunday of Lent, regardless of what cycle we're in, and we're in cycle C, of course, with uh, St. Luke, um, all three of the cycles have us in the desert with Jesus. The desert, of course, was a place of refuge, but it was also a place of temptation. So our Lord began on both of those footings, both with consolation and temptation. Remember, prior to this, he was baptized and the, the heavens opened up, the Holy Spirit did descended upon him, and he heard the voice of his father saying, this is my beloved son, you are my beloved. What a wonderful consolation. And then that same spirit drove him out into the desert for a party. Oh, that's not what it says, is it? No, it says, to be tempted by the devil. So sometimes you and I make the mistake that if we're being tempted, we're not holy. But in fact, the opposite is true. The more we pray, the more we try to be holy, it very well may be the more we will be tempted. So there are two things in today's passage that I, I would like to draw your attention to, perhaps for, for your reflection I really see my, my job here in the homilies just to kind of plant a few seeds and then on your way home, hopefully you guys can talk about it. Over dinner, you can talk about it or, or maybe in your prayer life throughout the week, this will give you something to, to kind of chew upon. So first of all, our Lord fasted. He went to the desert to fast. Fasting is an, an important weapon in our spiritual armory. After the Second Vatican Council, Pope Paul VI wrote an apostolic constitution on fasting and abstaining. 
He pointed out to us that penance and fasting is not just a Christian thing, but it's a religious practice of people of all faiths. It's a religious and a personal action, and the aim of it is to surrender oneself to God. Fasting for the sake of God, not for the sake of of ourselves. And the Holy Father at this time, and this was in 1966, he encouraged us to find new ways of fasting. Not to do away with it, but to find new ways. New ways to fast from food, but also from gossip, from entertainment, and from all of the different things that perhaps that hinder us or distract us from the Lord. By doing so, we bring God's love into all of the different aspects of our lives because you and I, and not just us men, although us men are quite good at it, uh, uh, compartmentalizing. We can kind of just, okay, I'm going to be holy and religious here, but, you know, tonight I'm going to do this, that, or the other. I'm going to do my will. No, fasting and penance kind of pervades everything of your day. And that's what we're encouraged to do. It's to bring God's love into all of the aspects of our lives. But be warned that when we fast, we become hungry. Yeah. So if you fast from gossip, all the more you want to tell that little juicy tidbit about so-and-so. The more you fast from television, I'll tell you, they're going to have a wonderful special on TV and you're just going to want to watch it. Isn't that the way it works? And as soon as you fast from food, Somebody at works brings you wonderful brownies or something. Ah, be prepared for that. Because when we fast, know that we are going to become hungry and the enemy is going to present us with these temptations. But fasting is good. Uh, Athletes fast. Uh, People of all faiths fast. Um, You know, there's a go to uh, any television show and they're talking about that intermittent fasting. So there's something human about this fasting. So I encourage you in some way, this Lenten season fast, if not from food, from other things. Second point of meditation in today's gospel from St. Luke, and only found in Luke. Remember I <clears throat> told you that each of the, uh, the authors have a different portrait And they sometimes sneak in a little different line. And so it is with Luke. At the very end of today's gospel, it said that he tempted Jesus in all of the different ways. And then he was going to return. Right? Very ominous words. And so he does. He's going to return in full force in the agony of the garden. The agony in the garden. That's for another day. But he says he's going to return. So you and I, we know that we're constantly being uh, tempted by the world, by the devil and whatnot. So what can we do? One of the ways that we can do, that we can be prepared for this, is we've got to find a, a means of strength on a continued basis. And one of those means is the Eucharist. We can be strengthened through Holy Communion. This is food for the journey. Because every time we come forward to receive Holy Communion, what we're in fact saying by that amen is that, Lord, I surrender myself to you, just as you surrendered yourself for my sake. When we receive Holy Communion, it's an act of humility 
on our part that will strengthen us and prepare us for the temptation on the journey. So this is the year of the Eucharist. We want to really capitalize on understanding that the Lord gives us food for the journey. You remember the the Israelites, they were in Egypt and the Lord gave them manna. How long did manna last? One day. So you couldn't store it up. It would become rancid. In many ways, our spiritual life is the same way. It's good for about a day or two. I blame memory pillows, personally, because as soon as I get something figured out, I go to sleep and it gets sucked into the pillow and the next day I have to start all over. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, that's why we receive communion as often as possible because I may surrender myself to the Lord today, but tonight, tomorrow, well, that's a whole different ball game. So I have to do it over and over and over. And by doing it over and over and over, then I become stronger and stronger. It's like weightlifting, lifting those weights over and over and over. It tires you out immediately, but in the long run, it strengthens you. Today's scriptures, this first Sunday of Lent, draws us our attention to an eternal view rather than the short view. A short view is what can I get now? An eternal view is what can I do now to be prepared for the future? Our future is with the Lord in heaven. But what we do now matters. Lent is a time of action. So I encourage all of us to take action through prayer and fasting and almsgiving, and especially through fasting and daily Eucharist or weekly Eucharist. Then, we will have an eternal view rather than just a short view.